Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge Show. Today, I have Kenzie Ferguson on, who is the Vice President of Foundation and Corporate Social Responsibility for Delta Dental of California and its affiliates. And I also know, I mean, just as I'm introducing you, that the other title, at least I was perusing through your LinkedIn as we were chatting here, is Vice President of the Delta Dental Community Care Foundation. So do you mind just sort of unpacking that to the audience, talk a little bit about your role and um, the organization you represent? Sure. And thanks, Stephen, for inviting me on Charity Charge. Um, Yes, I'm the vice president of the the foundation and uh, corporate social responsibility. So when we look at it, we have an enterprise that is a 501c4 that runs um, you know, the mission is to support access to oral health care, and we provide dental benefits to more than 38 million people across 15 states and D.C. So not just California, but across uh, the country. Um, I also run on the foundation side, we have a separate 501c3 that the, the enterprise Delta Dental California and Affiliates, this is a, this is a long title, um, that funds our 501c3 foundation. And the, fa- the name of our foundation is Delta Dental Community Care Foundation. I wanna unpack a lot of that and there's so much to discuss. One of the things that I just wanted to bring up in the initial part of this interview, I noticed that the that Delta Dental of California was recently named one of the top Bay Area corporate philanthropists in 2020 by the San Francisco Business Times. And that's for the fourth consecutive year, which is awesome. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you and a little bit about that honor? Well, this is uh, my hometown. I'm based here in San Francisco in the Bay Area and have lived here off and on for many years. Um, What I find, I mean, I'm so proud of our company that we're able to um, sit up next to some really big names. Uh, we have uh, Google and Facebook and Apple, and this is really to have Delta Dental up there on the, the first page, I guess, uh, is really, um, it's, it really makes me very proud for, to, to run the foundation, proud of our company, that, that the leadership of, of our enterprise puts money where their mouth is, I guess, pun intended, (laughs) because we are a dental insurance company. Um, But I do find it is really, um, I'm very proud. And it's, uh, it's an award that we've, we've been happily been able to, to achieve for the last four years. You're right. In terms of impact, I'll just share with the audience that in 2020, Delta Dental granted over $17 million across its enterprise 15 state service area and including DC. And that included more than $3 million to Bay Area groups. And if I roll back since 2011, the foundation has awarded more than $60 million in funding and support to increase access to quality dental care, oral health education, and to advance scientific research across the company's 15 state service area, including the District of Columbia. So we talk about these numbers. These are pretty significant. There's a lot of obviously foundations out there in different communities giving out dollars, but you're doing it at a pretty high level. Um, So I know that in our chatting, just kind of in pre-interview and getting to know one another, we talked a lot about, you know, just the initial mission of the organization um, and how it started in 2011. I think you were, correct me if I'm wrong, given a task of, you know, let's identify hundreds of potential um, grantees but can you take us back to the initial inception of the foundation? What was sort of the mindset? Because 
Um, what I think is really phenomenal about what you're doing is you're really leading the edge of CSR and figuring out, you know, innovative ways to combine your actual business model um, of serving patients with figuring out ways to, to link that up to the community. So long kind of ramble for me, but take us back and why was this originally set up? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think like a lot of uh, uh, nonprofit, well, I'd say foundation, corporate foundations based off of um, a business that the leaders normally, I mean, this is kind of where we started and really we, we were giving money to communities before that, but it really started in 2011. And um, our leader at the time gave the charge to one employee, <laughs> as it sometimes happens, um, to find 400 uh, nonprofits or really federally qualified health centers, basically the, the organizations that really have dental um, centers that, uh, um, that to offset their care, to give money to them. So it was 400, uh, 400 federally qualified health centers. We gave them $10,000 each. And that's really where the, the foundation started. Now, um, I wasn't there, but uh, the employee that started it, she still works uh, in my team. And um, she was, she always talks about how hard it is to give money away sometimes. Yes. Um, but it gave us such a great breadth of, uh, organizations, partners that we have in the community. And that was, that was great. And we operate, we operated that like that for quite a while. Um, and then we started getting more funds, um, or the leadership put more funds up. They dedicated, um, actually 10% of our net income to the foundation each year, which is phenomenal. And that's uh, 2019 is where I came on the scene, where um, looking at where we had given these really lovely sprinklings of love across our, our states was, was great. However, we didn't have a real focus. Uh, we didn't really have uh, means to say, are we moving the needle? Are we really making a difference? And, and to, to understand the outcomes, I think that's what every foundation is trying to do is, you know, when you think of uh, 17 million or 20 million, that seems like a whole lot of money. But when you're looking at the health issues, health disparities, all of the things that we're trying to make a difference in, that is just a drop in the bucket, um, or the drop in the ocean, really. To, to, to make significant change. So what, what I did and what, what we're on that journey now is really focusing and understanding um, how we can make a significant systems change and make a really uh, a long lasting uh, change. And I love where you're going with this. Can you give in your own mind any anecdotes or sort of an example from, from when you stepped into now that you've narrowed that focus and that strategy? Yeah, so when we looked at um, where a lot of foundations in the oral health industry, you know, delivering, trying to um, improve access to oral health care, what we were finding is there's a lot of effort put on um, children. There's a lot of effort put on education. Um, all great. Um, we still do a little bit of that, but what we found is a big gap in um, oral health for seniors. And that's an area that um, when you see the disparities, it starts to widen and widen and widen. And then when you look at um, the seniors, it even widens more when you're talking about diversity and you're talking about equity. Um, the, 
the numbers get to be very um, alarming uh, when you look at the Black and Latinx uh, populations, especially for older adults. So that's an area where we thought, let's let's put a stake in the ground. We're still on that journey where we're looking to build the coalition because um, our dollars can only go so far. And we, I'm not a, a, a dentist or an oral health expert. We're looking for experts in the field and to build a coalition around making a difference in addressing the problems for, for seniors um, uh, and, and their oral health uh, issues. So that's the plan we're working um, in, a, in a very small uh, way, focusing. And the plan is to work with the coalition and to, to come up with a, um, a model that we can hopefully replicate in, in other neighborhoods, other, other communities. That's awesome. Um, are there, um, as I think back to what you just shared there, I know that across the nonprofit sector, there can be collaboration amongst organizations. And oftentimes just what I've seen is that it's really tough to get the individual organizations to collaborate. But I love what you were just talking about of finding sort of a coalition and working with other uh, foundation partners. Are you, do you get a sense of that? Like we're all in this together on the foundation side? Absolutely. And, and I think that you, you definitely, when you start to think about, we're all working towards a cause that, that breaks down a lot of the, let's say barriers to working together. Um, we, we have a, a program that we're working with um, the California Dental Association and also the um, California Department of Labor because there's a huge deficit of dental assistance um, within California and actually in, in most states. And this doesn't, it makes it very difficult for dentists to stay in business if they don't have well-trained dental assistants. So we came together and actually found, um, uh, found that we, we could create a boot camp, a short boot camp, and then place uh, individuals within the dentistry schools. So this is a great example of um, three organizations working really well together, um, building a bit of a coalition and, and then uh, meeting a need. So I love it because you're getting people back to work to jobs that are well-paying and, and really sort of a launch pad into career for, for health, healthcare, um, as well as, hey, we're, we're working with our providers, our dentists, and, and helping them out to get more qualified people into, into their offices. And then thirdly, we're frankly, we're helping on our mission of delivering um, access to oral health care because we are, we, are, we are training the uh, students to actually then go in and work in some of the dentistry um, with the dentists. Some, some are going to fairly qualified health centers as well, but that allows more people to be seen and more dentists to stay in business. So it's a win, 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 I think. <laughs> Multiple wins on that front. Absolutely. I think it's awesome. I appreciate you sharing some of those examples. One question I have for you um, before we move on to some other things I'd like to cover. We work with a lot of organizations, nonprofits in the, those different states and, and areas that you grant. So if any of those are listening to this, how do nonprofits potentially get on your radar screen or maybe apply? What's, what's sort of that selection process like? Yeah, you know, it's um we've we've tried to lock things down a little bit. So for the most part, it's been invitation only, mm -hmm. um, really to help us focus. But when um, but with that said, 
Um, we, we have a couple of avenues. One is when it comes to employee engagement and what we're doing around our offices. So we have offices in San Francisco, Oakland, um, near Sacramento, near Atlanta, Georgia, and up near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Those are big offices. So we have local councils that, that if you have a local project um, that a lot of employees are passionate about or volunteering with, we have a mechanism so that they can go through a process. And that's really left up to these councils that are run by employees to decide where they want some of the funds to go. Now, that's a very small piece of what we what we do. The bigger piece when I'm talking about our mission and moving forward with oral health care, um, that is, um, I said it's invitation only. However, um, I'm always looking for innovative uh Pro programs or ideas, people that are really trying to make, um, be a little bit disruptive and that they're looking for maybe a, a big jolt of funds. So ex for example, that program that we worked with to get dental assistance, we made, um, uh, it was over $400,000 to build this up. I mean, they've been working on it for a lot of years as, as far as I could tell. And when we gave them, um, when we made that donation, it was really like a, a like a seed funding or a kickstart. We kickstarted everything mm -hmm. just with that funding. We didn't deliver, we didn't do the programming or anything else. Those were our partners, but we were able to invest and invest big in a really awesome program. And I'm happy to say it's, it's, fun. it's taken off. So we have a couple of uh, uh, programs already running in San Francisco and San Diego right now. That's great. And I have a couple more questions first, but we're going to get into you know, the yours and the foundation's approach to thinking like a VC. And I love your perspective on that. And, and I appreciate what you just shared there. I think that one of the things that you touched on just a moment ago, though, when I asked you that, that question about how do you get, um, learn about new nonprofits and such, you talked about employees potentially relaying those opportunities um, to you and your team. So I want to segue here to talk about concept of volunteering, matching gifts, employee engagement. I know, again, prior to hitting that record button, you and I had a good conversation about how that ties into being a purpose-driven company, how it helps reduce burnout, how you get employees to care more. Can you talk about that, the role of employee engagement in what you do? Stephen, I'm glad you brought that up because it really is uh, what drives me is that that really working for a purpose-driven company is is amazing. Um, I my past role was with um, a big electronic manufacturer, um, a global manufacturer of uh, connectors, and um, as wonderful as it was, it wasn't as close to a purpose as working for a healthcare company. And it's just all about what we do is trying to get everybody better health, better health through getting them oral health. So with that said, um, I, um, one of the great things also about our leadership is before I started, they, um, they put in place, we give two 16 hours, two days off for employees, uh, all employees to volunteer their time. Um, on top of that, we, we match, um, a thousand dollars of, uh, all employees, um, donations to any charity that they look to, look to, to support. Um, we work with Benevity to, to put, to um, bring that solution to our employees. But what I find is really great is um, the, just the passion of employees. And, and when we're like, 
during 2020, it was a tough year. Uh, a lot of people were getting burnt out and a lot of people were, were sort of thinking, what, what am I doing? Can I, you know, what can we do more? How can we help? And we had to shift gears a lot last year um, and did a lot more virtual volunteering and things like that. But still, employees still got out and did things to support local charities and local nonprofits. Because I think that um, we actually had, I think, nearly 6,000 hours of time and um, uh, about $250,000 of employees giving, which was doubled. Um, but that was, when I, whenever I talk to employees, they're, they talk about, gosh, I am so proud to hear about everything we're doing, not just with the foundation, but that we can, I can go out and, and volunteer and work with the local uh, nonprofits that I really care about. I mean, even if it's working with their kids' schools or working at a local food bank or shelter, and it just, it really drives engagement with employees. I mean, we're doing this, um, you know, we operate as a, as a business, but at the same time, we operate as a purpose-driven business, and that's what makes it so um, exciting to work for. That's awesome. I can tell how proud you are. And it's increasingly relevant as the, as the world goes on. All I see are headline after headline about individuals working at different com companies and just quitting their jobs, leaving left and right. Um, I think we're calling, they're calling it the great resignation right now. Um, you know, rightly so a lot of, you know, individuals working a long time have a lot of burnout, especially over the past 18 months and don't see that connection, that deeper meaning to their work. So I think it's super important. And I know you obviously touched on it, but I, I really appreciate the example you give of your prior, your prior work with the electronic component manufacturer to what you're doing now. And, you know, just articulating how important it is to tie in that impact and the share purpose across all sides of the company and the foundation. It's, um, it's, it's great. I'd like to uh, shift gears and I wanna talk about what is what I have really thought is innovative about your foundation. I know you recently put up an article on LinkedIn, which really is great. It's titled, How to Think Like a VC, Five Ways to Elevate Your Corporate Philanthropy. And I would like to break that down before we maybe get into those specific five things, can you talk or just explain, you know, in your own words, what does thinking like a VC when it comes to corporate philanthropy really mean? Well, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm so excited about this and I, I hope we're not going to go over time because I'll talk for days on this, but um, I've got time if you do. I, I'm <laughs> okay, great, this. great. I enjoy all of us. No, this is, so when, um, my background actually is in uh, business. So I have an MBA. Um, I uh, worked in marketing and uh, marketing communications before I started with um, corporate social responsibility. So my, my background really is purely business. Um, I've never worked um, officially <laughs> for a nonprofit full time. Um, so my approach to it is Hey, you know, we are a, we're a company that, uh, and most companies are that they, they, they're positive influences on the world. They, they employ people, they pay taxes. They, um, they also create products that employ that the, the greater for the greater good of, of the world. Um, but when I look at, um, 
how we could take that business sense of um, looking at what's going to make the biggest impact because we're solving big problems. And I think VCs are also solving big problems. They're looking for disruptive ideas and to, to find something that's going to really take off. Um, we're looking at it the same way uh, in some respects is that we're, we're tackling huge problems in the world and how can we uh, narrow our focus and work like like successful VCs do in the market in the marketplace or in the community. I mean, we just we just change the words around a little bit. One of the examples that we had chatted about was Healthy Smiles of Orange County. Can you share talk a little bit about that and give sort of the practical experience that you had being granting them dollars? Sure. Yeah. Healthy Smiles for Kids of Orange County. They um, they came to us uh, and asked for uh, funds for this. I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of a disruptive, crazy idea. They are looking at Title I schools in their county and um, trying to get more kids to get um, checkups. And what they asked for was $100,000 to get one of, uh, I think it was two kits that a dental hygienist can wheel in to a school, set up chairs with the mobile um, or portable uh, x-ray machine and all of all the, all the equipment you need to do a cleaning and a checkup and, and sealants actually. Um, so what they, what they did is we gave them the money. They had to prove it. They had to do, it was like a proof of concept. So we kind of seeded like, like a VC would, we seeded this idea. They, they did a proof of concept. And then once it was up and running, um, they were able to get funds from the state and they were able also to get um, Medi-Dentical or Medi-Cal um, uh, funds for the students they were able to see at the, at the schools. So what, what they, what the problem that we were looking at solving is how can we get more kids to the dentist? That's great. I mean, when you're, um, you don't, the parents don't have to take time off work, um, taking multiple buses. This is, you know, California, we don't really have a really good public transportation, but taking multiple buses to get to a dentist, to get their, pull their kids out of a whole day of school. And this brings the dentist, the hygienist into the schools and brings the kids out of the classroom for, for about 45 minutes. And also they wrapped around a, a bunch of other things. Um, they brought in uh, education during the class to talk about oral health care and how it's important. Um, but this is just one of the great examples that we, um, I love it because we seeded it. We seeded this idea. They were able to get it off the ground and then they were able to bring in funding from other sources to keep going. And now I think they're in almost every school in the county. That's amazing. And I think you also in explaining that gave a really good framework for individuals that are running organizations because increasingly we're working with more and more newer startup nonprofits. And so individuals out there, if you're listening to this episode, are trying to figure out ways to get their first dollars into the organization. And I think that regardless of the mission, I mean, the organization, I'm speaking to someone listening, that's run, that their mission of their organization may have nothing to do with your sector, even being your state. So, but I think the perspective of giving someone that's running an organization is potentially this way of thinking of understanding how a lot of foundations are taking this approach 
go put together a pilot, go pitch. Hey, we need 20 grand or 50 grand or hundred grand to do these things and then come back once you've accomplished those and try to, you know, keep piling in the dollars from, from different funding sources. So it, it's a really smart way to, to think about it. I think on all sides, I, I want to add, I'm jumping ahead. I know that the, the title again, of the article was how to think like a VC five ways to elevate your corporate philanthropy. I, I want to ask you about number five, which is diversify your portfolio. And because in it, I'm familiar with the VC world. I actually am really proud that I bootstrap charity charge. And I have my own opinions on the venture capital community and the pros and cons of that, because there are pros and there are cons of it. But one of the things that I think is really interesting about the VC world for people that don't know this is venture capitalists, and I'm certainly speaking in broad terms, but they'll go raise money from limited partners. These could be endowments or wealthy individuals. And then they'll go spread that across, say, 10 companies. And they're basically making 10 bets in, again, depends on the stage that that VC fund will put dollars in, but they can make 10 basically risky bets. And their hope is that one, and if they're lucky two, become home runs, become the next Uber. And it basically makes up for all the losses because those eight or nine other companies they put dollars in, they're going to go out of business. You just look at the likely failure rate of startups and new business, but they hope to make it up on the huge home run. So how does that relate to how you're thinking about things? Yeah. And it, it's, uh, uh, I like your perspective about, about VCs. And, and I think that um, the, the flip side of it is when we're granting money, the nice thing is, is that we can bet on 10, you know, big ideas, mm-hmm. but even if only one of them really takes off the nine, we're still doing good. I mean, you know, we're still giving, uh, we're still offsetting care. We're still doing everything that we, we did um, before. So I think I get the, <laughs> the happy side of venture capital when we're actually doing grants. <laughs> right. I think that that, I don't want to disrupt your flow here. That is a, a great way of thinking about stuff. Because to me, when I, when I, my first job out of college, I worked for the University of Texas at their Austin Technology Incubator. And the whole role really of ATI while it's out there supporting these companies, the goal really is it's job creation. It's, it was about economic development. You know, basically, can we assist entrepreneurs in the central Texas region? And what I think is lost is a lot of times when VCs think about the failure rate, they're actually creating a lot of job growth. They're giving people a lot of opportunities to learn basically on their limited partner's dime. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, obviously stories about startups that failed, but then the employees of that went on to do the next big thing. So that capital indirectly really went to great stuff. But I love what what you're saying here is even if that organization doesn't maybe scale, they're hopefully spending your dollars in a responsible way. They're still making impact. That's a pretty cool perspective. Yeah, I um, and and it's a great perspective. I, I think you touched on a few things that that I like to look at is um, you know when you're when you're granting money or investing money, you you really build capacity with the nonprofits. And um, like your like UT was you know they're they're granting or giving money, but 
hey, you're right. It's um, maybe they're they're building capacity, building that knowledge, but then building those leaders who who y- y- will will then go on to build other companies and create more jobs. So it it's a really I like what you're talking about the UT. I think it's a nice way of looking at it. Um, but when we're looking at it, we also we do the same things. We look for um, big disruptive ideas. We we look for leaders that uh, who know their market market look like their community. We also grant for for change, you know, not just here's $10,000, see you next year, but really like, how are you going to change things? How are you going to develop and move forward on these big audacious problems that we're all facing or looking at at solving? Um, But the last one uh, that you you mentioned about the portfolio, that's really, um, so as a foundation, we have a mission and I I, um, I don't want to mislead people. The VC thing is really what we are moving towards and doing more of, but, you know, we still have, um, a lot of people in need and we still have a lot of partners, um, across our States that rely on, um, funding from us. So, um, when I look at diversifying our portfolio, we have, um, kind of, I like to look at a little bit like a pyramid. We have a base of, small, but many grants. So like I said, around our, 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 um, our facilities where we have employees, we have a lot of small grants that go out to the community. And that's great. I mean, that's kind of where our, our foundation started. It was that local love labor layer. Um, as you move up, we have larger grants, fewer grants. So as you kind of move up the, the uh, pyramid, where you're maybe giving five grants away a year or doing scholarships. So these are larger, larger endowed grants that we would maybe do one or two a year. Um, And then kind of moving up to the very top of the pyramid. And that's like, uh, I think we, we, we start calling it the big bite or really that sort of venture capital is like, okay, if we were going to bet half a million dollars on a program, um, you know, come to us, pitch us a couple ideas. We have some money set aside for really making, um, funding a disruptive idea. And so when you look at that whole pyramid, it's like, that's the whole, whole portfolio of everything that we give to starting from local love all the way up to kind of the big bets. Sure. That's awesome. I mean, it, it truly is a unique approach, what you're doing. So great work. Keep it up. I love it. <laughs> I know that we went through a, a variety of different things um, so far. Is there anything that you feel that we've left out that you'd like to chat about? You know, one thing that, um, and we talked about a little bit, but um, a lot of people come to me uh, and they say, oh, Kenzie, you have the best job in the world. And I do, it's, you know, it has its own challenges like every job, but I know there are a lot of people that are um, interested in getting into a career like this. And my advice, um, twofold. One is um, having the background of working for a nonprofit is really good. Actually, fundraising and getting grants is actually a really um, powerful background to have. So if you uh, you got to suck it up and do that fundraising, it's nobody loves it, but it's um, it's really powerful because then you start to get to know what funders are looking for. So what I would be looking for, for example, when you write a grant. And then um, the other thing is think like a business yourself, um, getting, getting sort of the, learning the language of talking um, to business people. Um, when you, if you wouldn't wanna go into corporate philanthropy is 
you know, getting, learning finance, learning, you know, get an MBA. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily, but start to understand how the business world talks is really important. So you, you have to sort of straddle the two. Um, but I think that this is really a growing area for um, all companies is driving with purpose and understanding where they can make a difference um, with, uh, you know, building pride within their employee base, um, alleviating the burnout that you talked about, um, but also making, a, making a, an impact, a positive impact on the community and the world around them, not just with the products they do and the people employ, but going above and beyond and pledging a, you know, 1% or a certain percent of the, the earnings before you know, tax um, to give back to the community. And I think that you, we're just seeing more and more and more of that. Couldn't agree more with you. And it's always surprised me with Charity Charge. We've had great employee, will be the right word, people just sticking around, really committed to the cause. And it's been so obvious over the years. And the more and more that I reflect on it, it's because of the mission and what, what, what we're doing. And it's, it's just really surprised me, but I think all the things that you're doing and articulating on are really incredible to boost that employee engagement, tie things in from both sides of the org across the foundation and makes really a lasting impact. So you're really doing incredible work. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Stephen. It was really a pleasure. What are ways if individuals are interested in learning more, want to find out more details, where should they go? Well, we have a we have a website, Delta Dental INS. Um, also, uh, you mentioned my LinkedIn article. Um, absolutely, uh, can can uh, link in with me, follow me, and I can. Uh, I'm always happy to um, reach out and, and talk about what I do. So, um, and what you know, always always happy to answer questions. Sure. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Well, Kenzie, thank you so much for coming on as a guest on the Charity Charge Show today. We greatly appreciated having you. Thank you. Again, I'll give a huge shout out to our listeners and our community here at Charity Charge. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. We've been getting a lot of great feedback this summer as we go also into the fall, just in general about what we've been doing and the Charity Charge Show as a whole. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now.